Hi everyone, I'm Ben Tapper, and this is Invisible Truths. This is a podcast for anyone who carries burdens that feel too heavy to bear, questions too vulnerable to openly discuss, or pain that you're certain no one else will understand. Even more than that, though, this is a space to acknowledge and explore the invisible truths within each of us. If you're still interested, let's get started. I don't know about you, but Father's Day definitely snuck up on me this year. Turns out it's this Sunday, so it only makes sense that we touch on it during the podcast this week. Whether you're taking your father out to dinner, visiting his gravesite to lay flowers, or even celebrating your mom because she plays both roles, Radical Self-Awareness has a lot to teach us about how to do Father's Day justice. This is Episode 3 of the Invisible Truths Podcast, Father's Day Done Right. Let me first acknowledge that I believe the holiday itself is likely outdated. I mean, we don't live in a world in which the nuclear family is dominant anymore, so having a day that celebrates fathers and mothers separately feels a little bit exclusive. At least it does to me. Now maybe you're rolling your eyes and calling me a liberal snowflake at this point, thinking, oh my god, first Christmas and now Father's Day. What will these PC millennials come for next? Of course, the answer is we're coming for your privilege and tax money so we can redistribute your wealth, but that's neither here nor there. What I'm saying is that I know it seems like a reach to suggest that Father's Day is outdated, but think about how many people you know that never knew their father, or maybe they recently lost their father like I did, or or maybe they've got two mothers, or perhaps they're orphans. I mean, there are a variety of different family scenarios and situations out there. And so to have this one holiday in which we celebrate specifically fathers seems exclusive and potentially even harmful. I mean, worst case scenario, it's actually just reinforcing the message that you're missing something if this isn't what your life looks like. And I don't think any of us want that. It's my understanding that the whole point of this holiday is actually to celebrate the people who have walked with us as friends, guardians, and mentors. The people who have played a parental role in some way, shape, or form in our lives. So that's the lens that I'm going to take in this podcast today regarding the celebration of Father's Day. Now, I also want to acknowledge that for me, Father's Day is a little tricky because I've had three different dads in my life. First, there's my biological father, who I lived with until I was somewhere between two and three, and then I didn't see again or didn't hear from again anyway until I was 28. And he was out of the picture for so long, not necessarily through any fault of his own, but because he and my mom separated, and when that happened, she took out a restraining order, and he had no way of finding us. Now you're probably thinking, well, if she took out a restraining order against him, then isn't it kind of his fault? And maybe, I honestly don't have all the details of that story, so I don't want to lay blame until I really know exactly what happened and why. But regardless, there was about a 26-year period where he was out of my life, and I honestly didn't even know he existed until I was 9 or 10 years old. Then we moved to my stepfather, whom you probably have heard of once or twice before. If not in this podcast, I've written about him extensively in my blog, I've talked about him in speeches I've given. I bring him up a lot when I talk about my past because he was a pretty impactful part of my life and in many ways still is. Now if you are familiar with my story, you know that he was not the greatest of individuals. His temper ran hot and his hand ran heavy and I never felt comforted or protected when he was around. Yet for some reason I still cared for him on some level. 
not quite like I cared for my mom by any means, but I know I was at least protective of him. And I know this because of one particular incident that happened when I was younger. I don't know how old I was exactly, but one night we were sleeping in a homeless shelter. I don't know where the homeless shelter was or how long we were there, but I remember this particular night. In the middle of the night, some police came into the room that we were all sleeping in and they tried to arrest my father. I woke up startled, confused, and really nervous. And instinctively, I started crying out and I believe I even tried to prevent them from taking him. I held onto his hand or something. My mom eventually pulled me away and they arrested my stepfather. I didn't understand why, I had no idea what happened, and it was kind of terrifying to be woken up in the middle of the night. What stands out to me most about that night though is the fact that I tried to defend him and keep him from being taken. I have never thought of myself as loving my stepfather, but that incident shows me that on some level I at least cared for him or, or saw him as a parental figure. And then we come to the person that I call dad or pops. This is the man who was first my foster father and who later adopted me. The man who was my hero when I was in third and fourth grade. The man that I tried to emulate and would later become good friends with in high school. There are plenty of stories I could share about my dad and I and how our relationship unfolded over the years, but as I sit here and think about him the week of Father's Day, one story in particular consistently comes to mind. Every year, Three to four weeks before Christmas, my dad would go outside and decorate the yard for the holiday. He usually did some garland around our white picket fence and across the front of the house, and then he would put Christmas lights around the trees, the shrubs, and along the gutter of the house. One year, we were outside. I was probably in high school, again, maybe a sophomore or a junior, and we ran out of staples as we were doing the garland that was going along the picket fence. So we went to Menards, which was only about a two or three minute drive up the street. And when we got there, we started scanning the aisles for a handheld staple gun. So we're walking through the aisles and we finally find this handheld staple gun. And my dad, I guess because he's in a playful mood, decides to put it to my chest and squeeze the lever. To my surprise, I suddenly felt a sharp pinch in my right pectoral muscle and slowly looked down to find two small holes in my white t-shirt two holes exactly the size of staples. I looked up at him and said, I guess it wasn't empty. But then we both started laughing as I slowly checked my shirt to make sure I wasn't actually bleeding or anything. It was really random, really weird, but also quite hilarious. I mean, how often does your dad staple your chest? It just, it, it can't happen too often. And yet, my dad did. It's one of those moments I look back on with a lot of joy, actually, because it was just really random, really funny, and goofy. And it was a moment in which he and I both genuinely had fun. And it's a moment that illustrates one of the many aspects of my dad's personality. He was, first and foremost, a goofball with a big laugh, a quick sense of humor, and a hard work ethic. He worked himself almost literally to death. But he took great pride in what he did, and he taught us never to do a job half-assed. He was also a man of great faith who held firmly to his convictions. In fact, sometimes a bit too firmly, if I'm being honest. But the thing I remember most about my dad was the amount of love he had. I remember the smile that lit across his face whenever he saw you. The tenderness that was present in each and every hug. And the glimmer that shot across his eye whenever he made contact with you. 
My dad was a man of deep and profound love, a love that knew almost no limits. Ironically enough, his love was not only the thing that I admired most about him, it was also one of the things that most frustrated me about him. His love was genuinely endless. And so you can imagine how frustrated I felt sometimes when his political views or his religious views didn't line up with the love that I knew existed in his heart. My dad most likely voted for Trump, and he had a whole host of political views that I find problematic. And the best way that I can explain this is just to say that as people, we're sometimes complex and often contradictory. And so A plus B doesn't always equal C, and you know that about yourself, I know it about myself, and the same was true of my dad. The very quality that I admired most and wanted to model also caused a great deal of tension and friction between us. See, while we had a good relationship in high school, by the time I got to college, that relationship started to shift because my own views and beliefs started to change. And because I kind of wanted to go off and do my own thing and didn't really realize that I was cutting my parents out of my life. It wasn't an intentional decision by any means. I just was trying to be an adult and figure out life on my own. All those things complicated my relationship with my dad and caused a good amount of tension and disconnection between us for several years. And it wasn't until a few weeks before his death that I feel like we finally came full circle. I was working one night at Methodist Hospital when I got called upstairs for a code blue or a terminal wean. And for those of you not in the medical profession, a code blue is when someone's undergoing cardiac arrest and CPR is being administered. So I made my way upstairs and I was present with the family as they were undergoing this crisis and something about the situation really hit home for me. I don't remember what it was, but something about this particular night, this particular family, and this particular patient really hit home for me. And it made me realize that you never know how long someone's going to be with you. And so you need to say what you have to say while they're here. That message really gripped my heart and I committed to myself that I was gonna call my dad as soon as I left this patient. So I did, I, I left the room after maybe 20 or 30 minutes up there and I immediately got on the phone and called my dad. And this was about 9.30 at night. And to my surprise, he answered. You know, we talked for a few moments and he asked why I was calling. And I told him that, you know, I just had this situation upstairs with this patient and it made me realize that you never know how much time you're gonna have left. And so I wanted to make sure that he knew that I loved him. For the first time in maybe six years, I felt like my dad finally heard those words and was able to accept them. He was finally able to hear not only that I loved him, but that I loved him regardless of our political or religious differences, regardless of the differences in our personality or the ways we view life or the world, regardless of all the things that have brought division and separation between us, he was finally able to hear that I loved him. And he then told me that he loves me too and that he is proud of me, proud of the man I've become and excited about the man I will continue to become and the ways in which I'll continue to impact the world. And then we ended the conversation. It was the best conversation he and I had had in six years or so. And incidentally, it was also the last conversation we would have while he was alive. It's been almost 10 months since my dad died, and I miss him a lot, especially as Father's Day is approaching. He made such a large impact on the man that I've become and will continue to be, and I'm not sure he ever fully realized or took credit for the ways that he has shaped my life. I'm thankful for all the lessons that he taught me, both of those that I hold true to and those that I've discarded. Because in each lesson, I still hear his voice and know that he's with me. 
And so as we think about this Father's Day, what it means and who we're going to honor, I want us to think about the people that love us and have been there for us, the people that have played those parental roles, those roles of mentors or guardians. I'm not going to tell you who it can and can't be. I'm simply going to ask that you take some time and reflect on who has played that kind of role in your life. As you begin naming who these surrogate fathers are in your life, I want to give you permission to be completely honest. It doesn't benefit anyone to paint a false narrative or to gloss over the facts just to save face. Acknowledge their mistakes, name the ways in which their actions caused you harm, and then give them the same grace that you yourself want to receive. Offering someone grace and understanding is not the same as letting them continue to hurt you. Rather, it just means putting things in perspective and recognizing the context that someone else is coming from. It means doing your best to understand what drives and motivates them. But above all else, you need to protect yourself. So offer grace, but keep them at a distance if that's what you need to do. And finally, remember that Father's Day is not really about gifts, power tools, or all-you-can-eat buffets. If you're blessed enough to have people in your life that you consider fathers and you have healthy relationships with them, then I want to invite you to invest in those relationships. Reach out to them. Call them, text message them, FaceTime them, whatever you need to do to tell them how much you love and appreciate them. Maybe share a memory that is really meaningful to you and tell them why it's meaningful. And if you can spend some time with them, that's even better. Most of the people I know in my life value words, actions, and quality time far more than any gift. So if you've got the time, spend it with them. Invest it back into that relationship. After all they've invested in you, they likely deserve it. And for those of us that are without our fathers this Father's Day, I want us to also think about the other people in our lives that have been surrogate fathers for us and honor them. But also make space to grieve. Make space to cry if you need to. Make space for the memories. Make space to laugh. I think we can still be appreciative of the ways that our fathers impacted us and the love they gave us, while also mourning the fact that they're no longer with us, that we can't give them a hug or give them a Father's Day card and see their face light up. It's okay to mourn and it's okay to grieve, but that doesn't mean we can't also laugh. So if you're able, take time to get around those that are sharing in that grief with you. Take time to be around the people that loved them as much as you did, or the people that they loved as much as they loved you. Regardless, just take time to be around love this Father's Day. This Father's Day, I'm not going to pretend that I don't miss my dad, and I'm not gonna act like I don't hurt that he's gone. Because I do. I miss him, and it hurts like hell. But I'm also extremely thankful for the two decades that we had together, because I had two fathers before him, and I didn't get the same experience. So while I miss him dearly, this Father's Day I'm going to take some time and remember the moments that we had, both the good ones and the bad ones, and I'm going to appreciate the lasting legacy of love that my dad left behind. I encourage you to do the same as you honor whomever has been a surrogate father or actual father in your life this Father's Day. Invest back into them. Remember the moments that are most meaningful, and if you're able to, reach out to them. It'll mean a lot, and it'll go a long way. This has been Episode 3 of the Invisible Truths Podcast. 
I'm Ben Tapper.